Blog Talk Radio. Good, happy, blessed Saturday morning, my friends out there in Radio Land. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf here at Blog Talk Radio and over at Blake Radio where we started. So glad to be airing on two platforms as we had and we're in our eighth year now. And I want to wish you a happy last September, Saturday in September, September 29th. 2012. For those of you who have been our loyal listeners, and I mean our listener number, it just keeps going up, 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 and I'm so appreciative of that. For our loyal listeners, thank you for being here with us for eight years. I truly, truly appreciate you and enjoy having you here and bringing wonderful guests before you who can teach and and entertain and educate you and give you some insights and maybe you have some aha moments. For those who you've just been browsing the Internet thinking, what am I going to do on Saturday? Maybe you had to get up and go do some work on Saturday and you want to entertain yourself while you're at your computer and you stopped over here, Blog Talk Radio is off the shelf. I want to thank you, and I want to introduce myself to you. I'm your host, Denise Turney, and as I always say, I'm coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And thank you, thank you again for your support. And I encourage you, don't let another day pass. Don't let this day go by before you pick up a copy of my new book, Love Pour Over Me. You're going to get mystery and intrigue and romance, entertainment. This book is going to stay with you. You're going to learn so much more things also about love. This is a book you are not going to want to put down. People who start reading it just want to keep reading it till they get through to the end. of friendships and so many different things with the the rich relationships and love pour over me. And you can get a copy of Love Pour Over Me today at online retailers everywhere. You can actually go on right now even as this show airs and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me. Amazon.com, Google Books, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Ingram Digital is also available at bookstores and libraries offline. If you don't see it, at a bookstore or library, just ask the librarian or the, or the bookseller for a copy, and they can easily order a personal copy for you because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. And now, let us go to the moment that you have been waiting for. Let us meet our special guest. Today's off-the-shelf featured guest is Patricia Thomas. Patricia is a licensed missionary evangelist and minister, She's also a former radio show host, so she knows she knows this 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 gig. She's also a former radio show host and the author of the book God Reveals a Mystery. And she would love it. Patricia would absolutely love it if you would visit her online. You can go over to her website even as you listen to her interview. Find out more about her book. Find out more about her. And she's online at. WordsOfVisionMinistry.Posterous.com And it's spelled the way it sounds. It's words, W-O-R-D-S-O-F-V-I-S-I-O-N-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y dot posterous, P-O-S-T-E-R-O-U-S dot com. WordsOfVisionMinistry.Posterous.com Welcome to Off the Shelf, Patricia. Good morning, Denise. How are you? Thank you so much for this invitation. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here with us. I, we always try to bring, and it's just a blessing that after eight years, still keep coming across fabulous people to to connect with and put before our many, many, many listeners here at Off the Shelf, and you have now become one of those. So I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to be with us and our listeners here on Off the Shelf Radio. I want to begin by asking you, what inspired you to write God Reveals a Mystery? Denise, once again, I am honored to be on your radio program, Off the Shelf with my book, Denise, God Reveals a Mystery, I was led by God through the Holy Spirit to write it to answer a question that many have pondered around the world. What really happened to the dinosaurs? Denise, as you know, God knows everything, and he has heard the theories, not facts, of what happened to these animals that have fascinated many, which has allowed books to be written, movies to be made, and the list goes on. To get to the true answer, we must first know that the name dinosaur was made up or coined in 1842 by Sir Richard Owen. 
So, Denise, what is the real name of one of these animals that they say are no longer with us, whose fossils have been found in many places on the earth? The answer is found in the book of Genesis in the Holy Bible, with using the animal's correct name that Adam, the first man, gave to it, according to Genesis, the second chapter, and the 20th verse, which is serpent or dragon. Denise, both dragon and serpent mean the same thing in Greek, and both words are recorded in the Holy Bible. All knowing God's true answer started with the conversation in the Garden of Eden. Many things have been said, Denise, about what took place with Adam, Eve, and the serpent or dragon, and movies and the like have depicted the serpent on its belly tempting Eve to eat of the forbidden true tree I'm sorry, forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the serpent, Denise, was cursed by God after it successfully tempted and not before, according to Genesis, the third chapter and the 14th verse. Many believe God by faith. However, Denise, God's scientific DNA evidence proved that serpents, dragons, or what we commonly call today snakes, are the same. Because like people, animals also have DNA. This testing is mentioned in my book, and God is moving to challenge the evolution theories concerning these dinosaurs' demise. That includes them being, becoming extinct by meteorites, asteroids, volcano eruptions, and the list goes on. And, Denise, you know, the reason why I wrote this book is to combat the evolution theory. It has grown because of the misnaming of the dinosaurs, which is a hoax because there were no dinosaurs in Jurassic Park millions of years ago, but dragons in the Garden of Eden and other places around the world thousands of years ago, along with other cursed animals that are still with us. Also, God wants us to know that we are not related to apes, but we were created in his divine image according to Genesis, the first chapter, the 26th through the 27th verses. And the Lord told us that we are to have dominion over all animals, including apes, according to Genesis, the first chapter, and the 28th verse. Okay, okay, so it just came to you. Were you doing anything? Were you doing any studying at the time? when this? Or you were just out of the blue, this ideal to write this, study this and write this book came? Or were you, were you doing something along the similar lines, watching an animal show or something, and it prompted that in you? Denise, that's a great question. Actually, Denise, I have been used by God since the age of 12 in the church. So along the way, God had been dealing with me about who came before Adam and Eve, and I had no idea why that question was being, you know, uh, pondered to me or given to me. And so, you know, in 1997, I wasn't thinking about, you know, the dinosaurs or anything like that. He just gave me one simple sentence, and then as anyone knows about God, he can then open up your minds to comprehend things, as it's talked mm-hmm. about in the New Testament. Again, some people he keeps their eyes closed, some people he opens their eyes. And so this is what he has done for me, and also other people around the world, because if you do a Google search, which can be verified, because this is how I deal with people, you'll see other people who know the same truth. I just have a missing piece about the DNA evidence, because we're dealing with people who don't believe in God, a lot of them, uh, who are into evolution, atheists, and so they have to have a sign. And so God is going to give them this sign and say that what's in Genesis is an absolute truth, because it's impossible for God to lie. So it started mm-hmm. with just one sentence from God, and then from that I wrote a oh, poem. Okay. And then me being an English major, having a background from The Ohio State University, I have my bachelor's in English. Go is you. Yep, well, go Buckeyes. <laughs> and so I wrote a book under 100 pages because when I speak truth to power to youth, because I'm a youth advocate, I believe in higher education. I've done fairs at my local church for my community. I believe in speaking in simple ways so people can get it. And so my book, I believe, based on the feedback from across the country, the microcosm, it's in simple layman terms. So God gave this to me, and it's under 100 pages, the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what are some of the topics that you cover in God Reveals a Mystery? And do you write it for, like, a teenager, or is it more written for an adult to understand? That's a great question. Another great question, Denise. Actually, this book, based on the feedback that I received, around the age of 12 you can get it because of the um, content, the table of contents with the different segments. I just, you know, bring it down to layman terms, you know, the forbidden, you know, tree, the, you know, taste of death, obviously, which was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the curse, the dragon lies under your feet, or the serpent lies under your feet, which you say, oh, the snake is under my feet, and that's a duality to that. 
And so uh, with the book, I focus in on the physical aspect of the dragon and other animals, but I also deal with the spiritual concept as well. But when I'm doing, uh, you know, radio shows or interviews with magazines and things like that, I'm very narrow with, you know, combating the evolution theory with the, you know, apes to humans and also the dinosaur demise, those types of things, which are like the crux of the evolution theory, which has stirred up another controversy recently with, you know, Professor or Bill, not a science guy. The same thing comes about. You know, the dinosaurs can't be explained, but God is speaking and saying, yes, it is being explained, and it's just steadily growing because I'm doing a grassroots effort. So I believe a person at the age of 12 all the way up to 70 can understand, just based on the feedback that I've received. Okay. Okay. So what are some of the topics? You said you deal basically with the evolution, and I think I, I would think by this point the evolution from monkeys to man with people with common sense would erase that because monkeys aren't still turning into people. So you know that that never happened. I think common sense would, I would think most people with common sense would know that didn't happen. <laughs> that is so true, Denise, but when you meet people I would who, think, I would I know, think by this point. Who, you would think that too, that you know, with just basic, you know, common sense with basic yes. eyewitness. Just things that you yeah. can see in the earth that you don't believe in God. You know, however, you know, there are people who are blind out there who will come up against me, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. They'll do a Google search or do a Twitter search on evolution and creation and tell me, how could you believe in God or, you know, except, you know, the fact we're related to apes. But the Bible lets me know the other way, and I know what the truth is, Denise. Uh, with that being said, uh, my book combats the evolution theory. Creationism has been passed in my home state of Louisiana in 2008. It was recently passed in the state of Tennessee, and it's pending in other states. I'm just trying to reach people so they can understand and know what happened to these dinosaurs, as they call them, but that's really not the true name. It's not in the Bible. Adam named them other names, and that can be verified as well. But the DNA testing is where it's going because, again, I'm dealing with people who want us to accept apehood, and there's so much controversy about the ape process even in that. I'm not going to talk about that today, but there's just a lot of different controversy about the evolving of apes and survival of the fittest and things like that. However, you know, with my book, I just say on the key point of let's find out what happened to these animals. God is not lying once again because it's impossible for him to lie. And DNA evidence is going to be that sign that God is going to show people. And God doesn't have to do this because God is God all by himself. He doesn't have to go around proving himself to people. But God does talk about signs, wonders, and miracles in the New Testament, and he is definitely going to do that. But along the way, God is opening up people's eyes to see the truth, the whole story, because this is something that a lot of evolutionists or atheists want to ask a Christian. Well, what happened to the dinosaurs? Because there definitely are fossils around the world. And so this is the answer. Mm-hmm. Now, how much and what type of research did you do while you were developing the book? Did you travel to any other countries? Did you work with, uh, with archaeologists? What type of research did you do as you as you gathered material for your book? That's a funny question to me. Actually, I just did research based on the Bible, and bits and pieces are out there amongst other people who are Christians or creationists with creation museums. God is just not giving them the final piece that's in my book, and that's on my book cover with the puzzle pieces missing. And so there is a lot of information already out there that's true, but again, God has given it to some people and some people he has not given it to. So I can just look on look at based on what they did not know and what God has shown me through revelation knowledge which is talked about in the New and the Old Testament that God does give it to people. He has no respect to a person and through that I wrote my book in very layman terms. So for me, I didn't have to go and meet with an archaeologist or see, you know, the fossil findings. You can go into a museum and see them. It's just that God told me this is what happened to these animals. It's a very simple truth, but people, you know, in the book of Genesis, they keep on looking at that snake and all these different images around the world, Denise, about it's already cursed. They can't see the fact it was upright. They can't see the dragon there because dragon and serpent can be used interchangeably, which is talked about or illuminated in my book. So once again, visuals are very important. I even have a video out there under God Reveals a Mystery, Words of Vision on YouTube.com. So, again, visuals are very important. Even when they are a lie, it can come into your mind about how you perceive how Jesus looked, how you perceive how Adam and Eve looked. So when you have images out there that aren't right, some people buy into the image and they keep it in their brain like, yeah, this is it. But that's not how that serpent or dragon looked when it tempted Adam and Eve. That's how it looked after God cursed it, according to Genesis, the third chapter and the 14th verse. Mm-hmm. What, what type of feedback 
have have you been getting from readers about your book, God Reveals a Mystery? Most of it has been good from the physical aspect of it, Denise. On the spiritual side, there is some controversy for those who are Christians because, again, I'm dealing with the spiritual aspect of what animals really are, which is talked about in Chapter 3 of my book, Evil is in the Devil. And so with that, there's some controversy because people don't know the origin of what demons are, uh, what evil spirits are, who the devil is, who Satan is. There are people who do know who are trying to tell people, but those who don't know, it becomes like, I see the serpent, I see the curse. I never saw the connection of the devil. However, in the book of Revelation, in Revelation the 12th chapter in the ninth verse, in Revelation the 20th chapter in the second verse, Apostle Paul eloquently wrote, the dragon, the ancient serpent, is the devil or Satan. And so with that connection with my book, that's why I stay narrow with these um, media interviews that I do. I stay with, you know, the physical side of it. But that is controversial for people who've been teaching the devil differently. I teach the devil has been a crafty serpent that tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I stay with that. And people have to understand that the name serpent, dragon, devil, Satan are interchangeable in the Old and New Testament. Even Paul said a crafty serpent tempted Eve in the New Testament. And so even Jesus said, you know, you have the power to trample or crush serpents and scorpions and all powers of the enemy in the New Testament. So why is it being referred back to animals again? And the reason why it is because that's what they are. They're animals. And people who cast out demons and things like that, they see animals coming out of people. They see serpents. They see spiders. They see scorpions. Why is that, Denise? Because that's what evil spirits are. And angel messenger, they mean the same thing in Greek, just very limited study, you'll see that there are good angels and there are evil angels. And that's talked about in the New and Old Testament. So things are out there. It's just that you have to illuminate and bring those things to the forefront so they can see the total truth. However, again, when I'm doing media interviews with people, I stay on the other side of it because I'm dealing with a plethora of people and a diverse right. group of people who already say, well, I already knew the devil was a serpent. I never said that he was something else. So that's not my issue. My issue is I just didn't see that curse because I am thinking about that snake. So when I'm dealing with people, sometimes I like to get feedback before I speak to them to say, where are you at about the origin of you know, Satan or you know, demons? And they say, well, I knew this, this, and this anyway. So I have to, you know, kind of go with it, play it by ear to see where they are at. Or I always had questions about it. When I heard it talk to me, that it didn't line up with Scripture. And so I'm glad you told me. So it just depends to answer mm-hmm. that question. Okay. Is this the first book that you've written? Yes, this God is because... my first book. Mm-hmm. And do you plan on writing? Or right, do you I have, have a plans? second book in the works once this book is completely done, which is prophetically written, and that's why you see creationism laws being passed, which is what is prophetically in my book. The second book, Denise, is going to be about the most loved and the most hated, the most celebrated and the most jeered, the most known being in the world. It is going to be a very profound book, and once again, laid with scriptures, layman terms, and once this book will reach its plateau, God reveals a mystery, I will release my second book at the appointed time. And now, when you say reaches, when this book is finished, you mean when you are finished re- reaching all the people you think you should reach? When you because this book is written, it's already written, correct? When you say it's finished, what do you what is well, that? Well, when I say finished, I mean dealing with creationism. Talk is cheap. I believe in action. So when you're dealing with the law, you have to pass things to the law. And in my book, and you know, as I talk about as we go further in the conversation, I'm challenging you know the Supreme Court making the decision November 12, 1968, the case of Susan Epperson versus the state of Arkansas. They've already tried to repeal this uh, creationism law in my home state of Louisiana twice, and they have failed. And so now there's talk about we need to stop them because knowing creationism is not good for children. So inevitably it's going to be given to the Supreme Court, and only the Supreme Court, Denise, can overturn a decision that they have made. It's a different body of people that will be presented this information versus the one in 1968, the same year I was born, the same month that I was born. There are no coincidences. So my finality for this is to, you know, like I said, uh, challenge the Supreme Court with this DNA evidence to overturn it in every state, not just a few states that have passed it or that are pending, to go to every state to have creationism put back in the public school system in totality. So when I say the end of it, based on prophetically what has been written in my book. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then after all that happens, you come out with your second book. When, when did? Okay. When did you become a, a licensed minister? And, and and where do you where is you do you currently like? 
preside over a church or? No, I'm not a pastor. I became a licensed missionary evangelist in 2001 through Kojic, Church of God in Christ. So I, I received mm-hmm. that in 2001. I have my ministry license signed off by different people, which doesn't validate that I am one or not. God has to, you know, choose people according to Ephesians 4.11. But through the process of what's on this earth, yeah, that's how right. I received my license. But God has to choose people because only God can help you teach this Bible correctly. And so I'm definitely not self-called. I would be comfortable sitting in the pews if God wanted me to. And I'm a youth advocate, and I work, I've spoken in prison, I've spoken in church, you know, various places. But, no, I'm not a pastor of anything. God has not chosen me to be a pastor. In the fivefold, according to Ephesians 4.11, Denise, I'm an evangelist, a teacher, and a prophet. And I, when I was okay. on 106.3 FM, I spoke prophetically about things that did come to pass. They're out there, you know, people have it. So this is what I've been doing for okay. over a decade. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and what other what other topics, Patricia, in the scriptures in the Bible? What are the topics that have have come out to you and and captured or drawn your attention that you might you think you might want to explore further? That's a great question, Denise. You are such a great radio host. Um, <laughs> for me, you know, uh, I believe in the gift of dreams and visions. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, it says, "A people without a vision perish." And that's why you see everything out there about me under words of vision. I believe that you have to have a goal or direction from God to do what God has chosen you to do when it comes to the things of God and the kingdom. That's just my take on it. So I encourage people in love, you know, to seek out God according to Matthew 7, 7, to ask, seek, and knock. I'm paraphrasing right now. There are many people, Mm -hmm. as you know and as I know, have eyewitness, who are doing things in vain when things don't manifest. There is not one iota of, you know, of a sign that has manifested in 15 years of people doing something. And I don't believe in it. I believe in vision. I believe in walking in promise. I believe in walking in victory. And I believe in walking in the truth of what God has chosen a person to do. And there are many people who have abandoned things that God never told them to do. And so I'd encourage people in love to ask, seek, and knock and to have a vision. Mm-hmm to have a dream from God so you won't be doing things in vain. Well, 15 years from now, you'll look back and say, I didn't accomplish anything with the time I wasted that I missed away from my family, my wife, wow. my, husband, my children. And there are many people who are out there wondering, like, why am I doing this? Because I don't see one sign. With me, I see signs because I see creations and laws being passed, and I see people who want to know who have told other people about my book. Because, again, I believe along the way God will show you things that he is with you. That's just my right. and that's what I will teach. Right, and yeah, and in the scripture, you know, if 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 you if if God's not building that city, it's no sense in you building, and no sense in anybody guarding it. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last. Interesting that you said that, but then there are occasions, and I think of David and and Abraham and Sarah, uh, uh, that it took them. I, I have heard. Either ten, maybe as long as seventeen years before they had their son of promise, and then also David when he was told king and he had to run for his life from Saul for many many years, and the children of Israel being in bondage in Egypt for four hundred and thirty years, like we were African Americans. Some things I do think take time too. So things it's not take time, it, but things need to yeah, be in signs and wonders. You might not see a sign or anything happening, but. If the Lord told you to do it, you got to keep doing it, oh, yeah. even if you don't see nothing. Like Daniel received a vision, I believe, and it took sixty-three years to come to pass. So even if, even if sometimes you do, you may have to wait. You may have to yeah, wait. You have until to wait, Denise. But the examples that you just shared, all of them had a sign from God where Joseph was kept safe. You know, even when you know he was in you know Potiphar's house. He was shown to give, a, you know, the interpretation of a dream, and it came to pass. And he did get elevated. Even with Daniel, he was in the lion's den, which is something that I've talked about, where he shut the mouths of lions, an angel did, to show him, Daniel, I am with you. You know, even with Abraham, he had won battles along the way before a child named Isaac manifested. Even with David, he won battles leading up to the point before he became king. So, again, I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles from God along the way. I don't talk a lot about the miracles that I receive, but I do talk about, you know, here or there, the healing that God has given me along the way. But again, I believe in little things, or to God, they're big things that will happen along the way to let you know, to let me know 
I am with you. And so even oh, oh, yes, I see what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely, they have absolutely. You can't tell people, but that the God whole told thing right might it. not happen. I mean, the, exactly. you might be a little while for the whole thing comes to pass, so you can't quit because the whole thing didn't go. happen. Oh, yeah, but absolutely, something oh, yeah, should happen. Some things along the yeah, way. Yeah, something you should know. happen along the way. No, because I see. That's what I agree God completely. Does because right. God knows that you walk by faith, not by sight, mm-hmm. and so faith right. is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence right. of things not seen. But along the way, I am an eyewitness to it, and other people that God, you know, shared some things with me. And then at that appointed time, it did come to pass. But I know your take on it too. But it does take time. However, I meet people like I know you. You have who they know God did not tell them to do something. It wasn't even spoken from even a demon or a devil. And they go out and do things, and there are no manifestations based on them looking at other people, which is in the, you know, the Ten Commandments. Don't covet people. Mind your business, stay in your lane, and do what it is you're supposed to be. God just may want you to be a good husband in your life and go to your job for four years. God may want you to be a good daughter. You, you know, God may just want you to walk in those things and get a job and work and be just an everyday, nothing like something big. Like that's how some people are being taught, like you have this big thing to do. And some things, it's just not coming from God. And so they look at other people and they covet or they think, well, maybe I should do that too. But then it becomes a waste of time. And it's important to encourage oh, yeah. people and love to know what has God given you to do. And yeah. whatever God has given you to do, that's special for you. And so it's right. very important to tell people that. Oh no, I agree. I agree. Don't uh, don't go out on your own, like they say. Go out on <laughs> don't, your own. Don't go now, out on your own. Yeah. Did the book did the book writing process? And I like to ask our excuse me, I guess this did the process of writing your book. And 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 I'm not from from this aspect. I'm thinking of just the writing process, not so much the subject matter of the book. So if you if you we're talking about any book, but did the process of writing the book, did it did you have any expectations of what it would be like to write a book, and if so, did that process the actual process match your expectation? Was it harder? Was it easier? I've heard some people tell me writing a book was more. It made them more emotional. They found themselves more becoming more emotional as they wrote a book. Some people say it was harder. It took longer than they thought it would take. What did the process of the actual process of writing a book match what you thought it would be like? Absolutely, it did match. It did parallel exactly what I thought. Again, you have a background in writing, and I do too. You know, like I said, I have an English, you know, degree from Ohio State University. So this is what mm-hmm. I do. I've been speaking for years. I've been writing for years. Even writing my different messages that I speak when I'm invited places. So for me, it mm-hmm. did match up. And you know, my book is under 100 pages, and God made it easy for me because He shared some information with me that allowed me to write this book. So to God be the glory. So it wasn't about me. So he showed me how to even do my book cover. So God helped me with this book along the way. So for me it was easy because God told me to write it. I don't do things unless God tells me to do. Like I said mm-hmm. earlier, if I just sit in the pews at a church, I'm okay with that. If that's all God wants me to do. You want to be an usher or a singer, whatever your gifts are, your, it will make room for you. However, this is what God wanted me to do, and so it was very easy for me to parallel exactly what I knew it would become. Okay, okay. Now, when did you start hosting five minutes of a right now word from God? When did you start hosting that that show? That's a great question. Uh, On Saturdays in the year 2002, that's when I started hosting a 106.3 FM WJYD right here in Columbus, Ohio. All right. Just five minutes, like I said, I type up things in advance. I put all the scriptures in because, again, I'm dealing with a plethora of people and a diverse group of people. So I have scriptures and just had them recorded in the studio, and then I would turn the CD in into the radio, and they would, the radio people, and they would just play it for me. So that's how I did five minutes of a right now word from God. Okay, and so what? What was it? What was? Tell us about the show. Is it still airing? And what did? Was it like just for five minutes? Did you do a half an hour, or an hour? What was the platform? Did you interview people? Did you just address certain scriptures each time you did a show? I just addressed certain scriptures. I spoke prophetically about some things that happened, like the weather, droughts and floods that are going on around the world, which started taking place in 2002. You know, unfortunately, my own home state got hit with Katrina. You know, things like that, floods around the world are happening. It's been recorded on, you know, CD people have it across the country. So these are things that are not happening after before I you know I, I hear news and then I start saying it. I speak it before it happens. So I've spoken about the weather. I spoke about love, which is very pivotal when you reach out to people in ministry. I spoke about um, 
faith, which is very important because it's impossible to please God without faith. So just five minutes of, you know, scriptures, things like oh, that. Okay. But then I did do one prophetic utterance, and that was about the weather that God would break around the world. And my platform, my uh, core, was coming from Job, the 12th chapter, which is something, a prophetic move that's still in motion right now. So that was what I would use, Job, the 12th okay. chapter. So that's how I did it. Wow. So you went into a studio and recorded it, and then uh, you sent it into the station and, and uploaded it. What advice would you give to some of our off-the-shelf listeners, Patricia, who want to do what you did? And maybe they want to take this show. had a friend who, uh, the Dolores Thornton, she's uh, out of um, Indianapolis, and she would actually drive into the studio to record her shows, and she interviewed guests like I do. And, and she doesn't do it anymore, but um, she would have to drive into the station. It sounds like you didn't have to do that. But uh, what, what advice would you give to any of our listeners who might want to start a, um, a radio show themselves? Uh, mine I do off a of blog talk radio, and that somebody can do right off the Internet. But maybe somebody wants to do one at a, a brick-and-mortar radio station in their town. How did you get connected with the radio show? What advice could you give somebody who might want to do what you did? That's a great question, Denise. I would pray first and be led by the Spirit of God. Uh, once again, the Bible says the righteous man's steps are directed by God, according to the Old Testament. So I would pray. I would seek out God for direction. The voice of one God versus the voices of many people, just diffuse the other voices and listen to God. And also, yes. I would learn how to do uh, CDs and things. Once I went into the studio and paid a producer to do my uh, CDs, I learned how to do it myself, and then I started doing them from my own computer. And so it's important to learn what you're doing when it comes to book publishing, writing songs, whatever it is, learn. Get a mentor, because I believe a mentor shortens the distance. Get people around you who genuinely love you and who want to help you, Denise. People, you know, talk is cheap. People who really show that they care about you and they want the best for you. I would just learn that craft. I would pray. And then I just contacted the radio station. They said, yes, we have five minutes you can do on Saturday. It was just like wow. that. And so they let me come on and do it. And I pay for the services. But, again, you know, God is not going to give you a vision without provision. I self-published my own book. God allowed me to have the money. I've been working for over 20 years in these. So you have to know how to you know, use your money wisely, invest right. in that seed down to get that harvest. So I would encourage people to get your money together and be led by God to do what he tells you to do. And when I called the radio station, I said, absolutely, we have a, a spot for you. And then I just told wow. them what messages to play on what date, and they did it for me on Saturdays. That's how I worked wow. out. Encourage people and love Denise to pray, ask, seek, and knock. Reach out for God and say, God, help me. There are scriptures in the Bible saying God wants us to seek him out. You know, people have advice. But God has the best advice. He has the most oh, absolutely. above anyone. And unfortunately, a lot of people are trying to get a word. But you can get a word from God. And God has a word yes. that will speak into your life that will change your whole mindset of who you are and what you have been predestined to do. Again, I would encourage people in love just to pray and say, God, please help me. Show me what I'm supposed to do. Yes, and then be willing to, to, to be obedient. That is that is so important. That's the first step. Anything that you do, a absolutely, it's God who created us. So that that's a definite first step. And then, like you said, you might have to seek out a mentor or take, you know, some things you might have to go to school for. But to do radio, I don't think you would have to go to school. I have a, a lady I interviewed when I was listening to you saying how the radio station said absolutely. She does natural beauty products. And I asked her, how did you get... Uh, how did you get your beauty products in Wholesale Foods, which is a large grocery store chain? And she said, I just walked up to a manager at the store and told them I make natural beauty products and I want to get my products in your store. And they, and she said it was that that simple. That it's simple, simple then, for some people. God opens doors, Denise, that no man can shut. Yes. And those doors that he does not open, Denise, please don't force them open because it's meant oh, no, 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 stay no. closed. <laughs> but you'll be surprised. Yeah. Some people try to force the door open. Don't do it. So this is yeah, not no, no, what God no. wants for me. Let me keep it moving. Exactly. And each of our paths might not all be the same. It's going to lead to the same place. But they, they, they don't try to walk in somebody else's steps. And then <laughs> anyway, after that, she said, then the manufacturing, like you said, then you might have to you might have to learn some other things along the way. Now, I see you work with my good friend, and I have never met her in person. I got to tell you, with the Internet, I have met some people I've met on the Internet, then I met them in person. 
some people I've met on the internet I've never met in person and I just wrote an article, an education article yesterday and I would reached out to some people for some um some quotes and I said, Wow, it just dawned on me. At first I thought I would have a hard time getting quotes from people, then it just popped into my mind. Think of all the people you already know. And I went out and I said, Wow, that comes from the internet relationships. That comes from people I met online and network with. I can't tell you how blessed I've been by people I have met on the Internet. I'm saying all that to say this. One of those people is Tyora Moody. And yeah. I see you've worked with Tyora Moody of Ty Web and Creations. I crossed paths with Tyora in the 90s. And then we, I, I did some writing for one of her websites. We, we, we fell out of touch and then back in touch again. She actually did my book video for my new book, Love Pull Over Me, but she is great. Can she you is share fantastic. with us? She's fantastic. Oh, she is. I love Tyora. Uh, can you share with us some of the benefits you've received? Because she does the blog tours and the radios and the book, the book trailers and the websites. Can you share with us some of the benefits you've received from working with Tyora or just doing online radio interviews in general? I, I like to give things to our listeners who themselves are a writer or they want to do something a guest has done. Can you give some can you tell us what are some of the benefits you've received from doing the online radio interviews? That's a great question. I've networked and met some very valuable people on the radio dial from, you know, Florida to Ohio to Mississippi. However, you know with Tyra Moody and other people, you know, Tyra is a person of character a person of integrity, when she says she's going to mm-hmm. do does it. But she does more than that. She goes beyond. And I even told her I felt bad about the amount of money she charged me because she did such a great job, and God led me to Tyra. She's very focused. She's very driven, and she's a person oh, of yes. word. And so she did yeah. additional things for me that I wasn't even expecting. I'm wow. like, oh, okay, thank you. So I would encourage people, as I put on my Facebook account, everything's under Words of Vision. That's Facebook.com backwards slash Words of Vision. That, you know, mm-hmm. just do some research, Denise. I know you do. Go to Google and type in people's names and see what type of experiences that some of these people have had. I don't know if there's an Angie list, per se, that's out there about the book publishing world, but let's just be real. There are people who aren't praying for you. They are P-R-E-Y-I-N-G on you, praying on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I encourage people again in love to get connected to people who really have an interest in you who want to help you. And it could be somebody online. I've had several questions from people who don't know me and said, Patricia, I believe in you. Can you help me with what I'm doing? I see how well you're doing things with what you're doing. With your daughter going to Yale, an Ivy League school, what did you do? I need your help. So beyond the higher education fairs, locally, like you had said, there are very valuable, you know, relationships out there on the Internet that I know God right. will use for his glory and purpose. But again, you know, Denise, I would encourage people to get a mentor, uh, research people's backgrounds. There are some terrible things written by pe- written about people out there that are very truthful, that they will take your money and not do what they tell you they will mm. do. I mean, you know, I def- no, go ahead. Just, no, I just want to say just you have to take that in and say, well, why are so many people saying all this negative stuff. Yeah. And so you just have to accept it and say, let me not go that way with this publishing company or let me not go this way with this publicist or this marketing promo person because they lack integrity. They actually, at times in these, they lack, they lack skill set. I mean, just to know how to, you know, network and build up relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to be with people who know how to network, know how to build bridges, not burn them down. And sometimes you have to end yeah. relationships. I get that. But some people purposely uh. draw relationships with others. And so it's just not good to use their services. You know, I wouldn't want to say anything mean about someone. I would just say, well, here's some links. You take a look at it and you tell me what you think. Yeah. What you think. Yeah. And you should let person, yeah, they think for themselves. But that is, that's a good point that you bring up um, as as an author and the host of Off the Shelf Radio. And I know a lot of people, I also give uh, work on a, a platform where people sometimes ask me questions and I'll answer their questions. And I've been at this a long time. And uh, uh, uh it's something I was called to do when I was 10 years old, and I've been at it a long time. So I've learned a lot. But a lot of people don't know, and it's it's, it's good that you mentioned that. They don't know that some some editors and literary agents, they really they don't really have the context with the book publishing world. They're going to charge you astronomical fees, and you won't you won't get the services. Uh, I've met people. Uh, one lady at a, the Harlem Book Fair 
people who pay ten thousand dollars to maybe get a hundred copies of a book. I mean, it's, it's yeah. And so if you don't do your research, and you don't know, you don't know that that's not you normal. Don't. And the Bible says you should know them by the fruit that they bear. And I witness things, Denise. I mean, there is somebody out there now telling people how to sell a book. But for you to tell somebody that, you need to be on the New York Times bestsellers list. I mean, to be on the number one person on that list, you have to sell 250,000 copies. You haven't sold 500. So when you see a person says, I'm going to show you how to sell books, how can you do that? Some books are not going to get traction because they're not interested, interesting enough, or you have to be famous. You can write a book that's not that great, but be famous and have a great publicist. So there are right. people out there trying to tell people to do things that they themselves have not accomplished. You know, it, it's just like he's hypocritical. And so when people send me things like, I'm going to tell you how you can sell more books, you don't have to tell me that. I know how to sell books. It's about integrity. Keep on walking in what you're doing. <laughs> and, you know, you have to show me proof about, are you on the New York Times bestsellers list? Because when I check, yeah. I don't see your name there. And matter of fact, it's never been there. And so you have to keep it real with people, be honest and say, you know, you have people giving out people all types of advice, you know, how to lose weight and you're morbidly obese. You know, how to raise your children. You don't have your children in a space they need to be in. So it goes along with the publishing world, too. There are a lot of crooks and scams out there taking advantage of people who are not going to deliver what they promised because, honestly, they can't. Oh, you bring up, oh, my goodness. And the Internet makes that easier. I don't want to get off on, 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 but the Internet makes that easier for people to do that research. Again, just a few good tips. A good literary agent does not charge you a fee to read your book or an administrative fee. And I've had a literary agent ask me to pay that. And, And so you have to know. And then you ask people who, tell me some of the clients you've worked with, and and then go back to those clients, and you might be surprised at some of the comments some of those cl- clients give about the person. So do, I, I recommend that people do their research so they don't have a sad story to tell when they say, I just got scammed out of uh, $50,000, because it does happen to people. I want to ask you next, uh, who designed your webpage, and what was that process like? Actually, that was from Tyra Moody, and that's just something she did to parallel the blog talk tour that she was doing for me in 2011. So that's not really my official website. My official website, I don't have one. I just do a lot of, I believe, in you know, uh, social gatherings, not social networking. Uh, everything's just on the Words of Vision or on Facebook.com, God Reveals a Mystery. So, again, Tyra Moody from Ty Webbing, she's the one who did that just to parallel what she was doing for me. Again, that additional thing she did that she didn't have to do for me. So that's not my official website, but it's okay to go there. She did a great job putting that together for me in 2011. And quickly I want to say something about First Samuel 8, you know, with the decision that they made they no longer wanted God as their king. November 12, 1968, Susan Epperson versus the state of Arkansas, they rejected God in the public school system that they no longer wanted creationism. And God, Denise, who is the master teacher, has to teach people a lesson that when you, te- when you choose evil over good, there are consequences. And our children have suffered because of it. Because the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, according to Proverbs, the 23rd chapter and the 7th verse. So what does it do to a young person's mind who is impressionable and vulnerable to tell them you are a cousin of a monkey, ape, orangutan, or whatever you want to say? It's very difficult for children to get past that when they believe in something like that. And children are very vulnerable. So I want to say First Samuel 8 parallels this. And, again, the master teacher is going to teach people a lesson. Don't reject me because when you do, you're going to have to pay the price. That's what happens. So I wanted to put that in there because the Holy Spirit led me to say that. It's very okay. important for us to challenge the, state, you know, the Supreme Court on this, and that's going to happen next. Now, in schools, I know when I went to school in Tennessee, and, I, and I, my son went to school here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, they didn't teach that. Uh, they didn't teach evolution. I, I don't know if they're just certain states that teach kids. They come from monkeys. I was never taught that. I don't know. Do you know what states do teach that? I was. That was something I wasn't taught in school. That's a great question. In biology classes, I do recall that. However, if there's a different polls out there, like teachers feel uncomfortable with teaching it. That was done through the Huffington Post. So if you type in teachers don't want to teach evolution or keywords like that under Google.com, you'll see most teachers don't want to go that way with it. Now, on the college level, Ohio State University, I got taught some things about that. However, you know, on the high school level, it's just something that, you know, a lot of teachers don't do. 
And that was mm-hmm. a poll that was done, you know, with the Huffington Post and some other uh, main uh, media outlets about that. It's just not done. Most people in this country believe in creationism, but evolution dominates the public school system. About 15% believe there is no God and that, you know, creationism is not meant to be taught. It's just a fairy tale book written by whomever. And so it's important to say that how God is going to move this and how he is moving this, he's going to teach people that I do exist. I was, you know, I created you all in the image of me, and it will be taught in the public school systems in its entirety. It's very important. I want to quickly say, too, it's about who created the things. You don't have to know every body part that God knows. No one knows everything but omniscient God. You have to give God glory, though, for what you have examined, including the stars, the dirt, the grass, the animals, the people. God says, you have to give me credit for that. You have to give me glory for that. Of course you don't know every part of the body. You've made up some things. The stars in the sky, you don't know them by name, but I do. But I want you to say that I created that. So this is very important to God. So in science, you can you can examine the the different things that are out there, but give God the glory for it. And that's, that's where this is going to. God is never expecting any of us to know what he knows, but he wants us to give, give him glory for what he has done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you received your bachelor's from in English, as you told us, from Ohio State University. I wanted to ask you when you were a child, some some people it's revealed to them when they're a child what they're to do in their life, and some people they, they just go through do life and, they, and they're older. Some people never find out, and some people it's when they're older that they find out. Did you did you major in English because you knew you were a writer, or what did you think or dream of being when you were a kid? That's a great question, Denise. You're such a great host. <laughs> you ask very good questions that aren't normally asked of me. With that being said, Denise, it just started at the age of ten when you know again I. I I, there was something on the inside of me that was telling me that God was dealing with me. But God, who is omniscient, as I had just mentioned, he gives you bits and pieces of things along the way. At the age of 12, I began to do public speaking in my local church in Louisiana. Uh, someone saw something on the inside of me who gave me the opportunity to be mistress of ceremony of different you know, youth programs. And so that okay. allowed me to be able to speak before people. It just came out of nowhere. And so my mother, a divorced woman of three, took us to church and worked pretty much seven days a week to take care of us, but she found a way to get us to church. And so uh, mm-hmm. with that with that background, Patricia, I want you to speak at this Easter program. Patricia, I want you to be the mistress of ceremony for this Christmas program. And so that allowed me to start reading, taking little notes, and say this is how I want to say things at the age of 12. And then as I start writing, English became one of my favorite subjects in high school. And so I okay. decided that I would want to be a, you know, a person that wanted to do more writing. And my daughter is also an English or writing major. She's writing for the Yale Daily News at Yale. Wow. We just okay. love to write. I mean, but with speaking, okay. I don't do things off the cuff. I like to write things down, especially when I go and deliver messages of the gospel. That's just how I do it. Some people okay. can read them. That's just not how I do it. I, I write things down. Okay. <laughs> so that's how I started. Okay. And that's a great question. Okay, well, thank you. Now, you you published God Reveals a Mystery through iUniverse. Could you just, is that a print-on-demand book publishing company? Uh, do they do, do they do e-books? And what was that process? Again, I like to ask our guests questions that our listeners might be able to benefit from as well. So is that a print-on-demand book publishing company, iUniverse? And what was that process like working with them for our listeners who might be interested in working with iUniverse? That's a good question, Denise. It is a print-on-demand. You can get hardcover paperback and also ebook. They put it out there on 25,000 websites. Uh they recently uh, merged with Wow. House and recently Penguin, oh my Putnam, Penguin Putnam Brothers bought out iUniverse slash Arthur's House. So they are the okay. largest self-publishing. My experience with them at iUniverse.com, the packages were easy to understand. They stay with the deadlines, and that is something I would recommend. However, I also know that Amazon through what they are doing, create space, I've heard good things about them as well. However, okay. you know, with iUniverse, my experience with them was good. They knew exactly what I wanted. They gave me what they told me, and the prices were, you know, within reason where they could get it out there because obviously, you know, when you're out there doing things on the Internet, people are, what can I get your book? And I'm like, you can go to 25,000 websites, including Amazon.com <laughs> or Barnes & Noble. So for me, iUniverse combined with Arthur's House now being bought out by Penguin Putnam Brothers, to me, it was a good experience. I would encourage people, again, to just research and look into okay. some things. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, and like you said, and then pray on it, too, to make sure you're being led in the right way. Now, I wanted to ask you, have you thought about creating and delivering training seminars based on the information that you cover in God Reveals a Mystery? Have you have you ever thought about that? Definitely. Since now I am an empty nester, I only have one daughter, as I mentioned, who's off at college, that is something that I want to do at the appointed time. I'm a person of vision, of visuals. I would love for people to go out there and do a Google search, Patricia Thomas, God Reveals a Mystery, to see that video that I've done that's 3 minutes and 30 seconds. So I would just encourage people to do that. But, yeah, I would like to do that at the appointed time. Obviously, I wrote the book, and I want to be able to deliver it exactly how I wrote it because there are people out there helping me, and some things it's like, oh, I didn't know that part, and I missed that part. So I definitely want to come out there on a national level versus doing all the radio interviews and magazine. TV is where, where I'm trying to get to. It's a very powerful medium. But mm-hmm. for right now, I'm just pushing it on the grassroots level. But since I am an empty nester because family comes first, I do want to go out there and do some things, especially in the South where I was reared and raised, you know, but obviously across the country and around the world at the appointed time. I would love to go into China and teach it because they believe in the dragon. They know something happened to it. So I would love to be able to do that on an international level at the appointed time to do some seminars and some training. Okay, okay. Uh, what what was the pro- the process? What not Not just with God Reveals a Mystery, you got a major, you majored in English at a hostel university. What's the writing process for you like? Do you write in the mornings, the evenings? Do you use an outline before you start writing? What's that process like for you, whether you're working on a, 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 something you're going to cover on the radio, you're doing a book, you're doing some other type of, of, of writing, maybe article writing? What's the process like for Patricia when she sits down to write? For me, I would, you know, get like a recorder. That would be a tapeless recorder and just start writing. But some things when you don't have like a pencil and paper around or a pen and paper around, you know, have like a recorder. They're only like a $20 investment because you oh, I forgot that. And But I didn't write it down. Wow. But I with me. So I would encourage people to love to go out and get one of those devices, be led by the Spirit of God. As you know, Denise, over 400,000 books are being published every year. Ooh, uh, yes. Most of them only sell 100 books or less. Why is yes. that? So when you put an investment into writing to put a book out there, especially if you're doing self-publishing, you want to make sure you get your investment back and say, I was able to sell thousands of books and get the book out there. It's unfortunate. So many people can't even sell over 100 books of 400,000 books that are being written because the self-publishing industry has opened it up for people. However, everyone isn't meant to write. So I would encourage people to love to make sure this is what you need to do, even if it's not about God, it's about uh, hip-hop or whatever you're doing. You don't want to write a book and can't sell it. You want to make sure this is what I've done. I built the foundation through networking, church, radio, to have a platform to get the traction that I need because you have to have that first in order to really get that book out there to connect to people who believe in what you're doing, no matter what it is. Because let's just say some books are out there I wouldn't want to read, but they built up a platform to say I want to listen to what right. they have to say. So, again, I would just encourage people to get, like, that recorder and just, you know, be led by God or, you know, make sure you have a connection of people who are going to help you to tell other people about what you're doing. Wow. you you really bringing forth a lot of good information here on today's show, and I, I so appreciate it, and I'm sure that our listeners do as well. We're, we, we, we are down to seven minutes. Okay. We are speaking with Patricia Thomas, and she is the author of the book, God Reveals a Mystery. You can go check her out online, wordsofvisionministry.postures.com. She's also on Facebook, and I encourage you to support her. And I want to also ask you, Patricia, how can organizations, churches and book clubs, et cetera, contact you to schedule you for a, to speak at, a, at an event that they're hosting? Thank you so much, Denise, for this great opportunity to converse with you today. Everything is under Words of Vision, Facebook.com, backwards slash Words of Vision, Twitter.com, Words of Vision, YouTube, same thing, Words of Vision, even MySpace, Words of Vision. Reach out to me at Words of Vision at AOL.com, and that's a good way to reach me as well for any type of speaking engagement. I'm real big on youth. I've done youth events. Uh, women ministry, no place is too small, no place is too big. I don't do number counting. If you want me to come and speak to ten people, I'll do that. If you want me to come okay. in in prison, I'll go to an outhouse, the White House, the penthouse. It doesn't matter to me, Denise. Wherever God sends me, like the prophet okay. Isaiah said, I will go. <laughs> All right. 
All right, I like that. I like that. So, so words of vision is something, and and that is something that you did. The email, the uh, Facebook, the website, the consistency, the words of vision for our off-the-shelf listeners, something easy to remember. you got to tell our listeners how they can get copies of your books. Uh, and, and can you tell us if you're – I know you said iUniverse does the print and on-demand and the e-book, but what it, tell us the formats that uh, God Reveals a Mystery is available for and tell our listeners where they can get copies of your books. Thank you so much. It's available on 25,000 websites, including Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. It is available on Nook, Kindle. It's even available on Sony. And even if you don't have a Nook or Kindle, Amazon has a way you can get it through email. So there are all types of ways with Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, iUniverse.com. Patricia A. Thomas, God Reveals a Mystery, do a Bing or Google search. All the different links will come up about my interviews and how to get my book, Denise. And I can tell our listeners, I, doing the research for today's interview, that the book has is highly re- getting very good ratings. I know that's not what you wrote it for, but it is being well received. So again, that is God reveals a mystery, and I'm I'm, I'm sure we can tell just from you interviewing here on Off the Shelf today that you, there are a lot of scriptures people can go and research to confirm or to align with what Patricia has written in the book God Reveals a Mystery are you going on any uh, upcoming book signings any upcoming interviews doing any book readings if so can you just let us know about a few events that you're going to be at give us the location the date and the time so any off the shelf listeners who want to support you can do so not at this time for 2012, but next year I am wanting to do the Southern Book Tour for the states of Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. And if you go to facebook.com backwards slash God Reveals a Mystery, I'll put that information out there. But I have done like 20 to 30 radio interviews on the radio dial and blog talk radio. I have, uh, you know, magazine interviews out there, online interviews out there. Everything's under Patricia A. Thomas, God Reveals a Mystery. Even on, you know, Tyra Moody's uh, website she did for me under Words of Vision, Posterious you'll hear me reading some parts of my book. So for right now, I don't see anything, but I will let people know via, you know, those different uh, media outlets and also on those uh, Facebook pages and things like that. Okay. Can you tell us who some of your favorite writers are and what is it about their work that you enjoy? That's a really good question. For me, I'm really big on speaking truth to power, and one of my biggest mentors, even though she's not alive, is Sojourner Truth. Ain't I a Woman? Oh, that, that's okay. A very strong, profound, prophetic woman okay. of God. So Ain't I a Woman? I know she didn't have you know, a low-level education, but it's about the words she spoke. So I, I would okay. encourage you to research on Sojourner Truth. She is my heroine. I just Wow, I like mine is Harriet Tubman. Yes. <laughs> she said, I, you know, I, I love what Harriet Tubman's favorite okay. quote is. I know you probably know that quote. You know, I could have, you know, had free more slaves if only they knew they were slaves. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so join the truth. Ain't I a woman? That one speech, it does it for okay. me. Okay. 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 You're on Facebook. What other social media networks can our off-the-shelf listeners find you on? Facebook.com, Twitter.com, uh, YouTube.com, and MySpace.com, backwards slash. Everything's under Words of Vision. Okay, so you're also on MySpace. And MySpace, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people think... A lot of people think MySpace, you know, it's, it's not as big as it used to be, but they still, I think, have a couple of million, so you still have an audience there at MySpace. What last words of encouragement or advice would you like to leave with our listeners here, Patricia, at Off the Shelf? That's a great question. Just know that you were created in the image of God, and let no one tell you differently. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. People may come up against you, but when God is for you, who can be against you? Always trust and believe in that one voice of God. Many voices will come, but all voices will go, because only God in the end, when the dust settles and the dust clears, Mm. God will be standing, Denise. So trust and believe in God in those tough times and those good times. Stay focused in on God. Keep your eye on the prize. Wow. What a a closing message from Patricia Thomas. What a powerful closing message and encouraging. She said even in those tough times, you got to still keep believing. Uh, We've been just a blessing to speak with Patricia Thomas. Again, she is the author of the book, God Reveals a Mystery. She told us it's available on, I think, 
if I'm remembering correctly, 25,000 websites, Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, uh, Sony. You can just get it in, in, in e-book and in print, and it does have – it is getting very good reviews. I, I saw that when I was doing my research for today's interview. And you can support Patricia – just look up Words of Vision Ministry. She's at uh, her website is wordsofvisionministry.posterous.com, but she's on Facebook and on Twitter as well. So please go support her, Patricia Thomas, author of God Reveals a Mystery. And so I want to thank Patricia for taking time out of her day to be here with us, and I want to thank our listeners. And I, I so appreciate you. I, I don't think I could ever fully express how much I appreciate our listeners here at Off the Shelf. Please go get a copy of Love Pour Over Me and get a copy of God Reveals a Mystery. It's a, it's a book some people might challenge and say they don't want to read it. But if you keep your mind open, you might have your eyes open. So I encourage you to go support and read God Reveals a Mystery. Thank you for being here. As I always tell you, go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. You are awesome. You are amazing. And I so appreciate you. Please come back next Saturday, 11 o'clock. We will continue to bring you awesome guests here at Off the Shelf. And, again, go create a fabulous day for yourself. You are wonderful and you're so loved. Patricia, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Thank you. <laughs>